0: Welcome to Eternal Dirtles. I'm your host, Zach Clark, and with me as always is Nathan Golia. Hi, Zach. How you doing? Pretty good, pretty good. Uh, this week has been sort of a slow week for, uh, for Legacy, but um, we did get, in that slowness, a little bit of interesting news. Uh, the Ben Restricted list came out.
1: Yeah, and uh, in this case, no news is news. I think... Um there's been a sort of increasing noise that there might be some changes made to the format, uh vis a vis the Miracles deck. Um I don't think you're that surprised that nothing was banned. I don't say I don't say I'm surprised either, but I know no, you're not. Definitely
0: not. I'm super happy that it that it wasn't either as I just traded into Miracles, so it'd be nice to actually learn the deck before it gets banned.
1: Right. Um, I don't. I don't necessarily need something from Miracles to be banned. Um, I would like to see some more diversity among control decks, um, just something different to do. But um, as it is, uh, we're sort of stuck with Countertop and Terminus as probably the best version of, you know, sort of a blue control deck right now.
0: Yeah, I definitely think they could, um, you know, give this a little bit more time, and um, I, I for sure think that in the in in the near future that some part of uh, Miracles would get banned if it continues to see top 8s. And it's been pretty much warping the meta around itself. Like, you have decks like rug Delver are now playing uh, Winter Orb main and stuff like that. So it's starting to get to the point where it's beginning to warp the meta a little bit. But it's not to the point yet where I think Wizards feels like they need to step in and change things.
1: Yeah, I think... I uh, think more than any more than the one of our point, you know, there's also just like so many decks are just splashing for Abrupt Decay um, just to deal with counterbalance. Um, uh, it, I, do, I know I personally feel pressured to play Abrupt Decay in most of my decks. So, I mean, there's there's an argument there that you're playing that you're you're warping your deck to beat this deck. But um, I think that uh, this time wasn't necessary because I actually do think Eldritch Moon will have. Will make an impact on legacy. Um, I'm just so excited for the new Thalia. I'm on yeah. vacation right now, When I get home, they'll be in my mailbox. I just can't wait to uh, to sleeve that up in like a Maverick deck or something. I think that will do a lot. Yeah. And uh, we talked. We already talked about cards, but uh, you know, I think that this set more than others recently has the real potential to make some impact.
0: Yeah, I definitely agree. I think that Thalia is going to be pretty, uh, pretty awesome. Though she won't affect. Uh, sneak attack apparently because you can activate sneak attack after your end of turn step begins and then just attack with the creature the next turn so it buys you a turn still
1: yeah we we missed that and i missed that because i was pretty excited about sneak attack not working yeah um i do think that you know it the, the tempo play of just not letting them just drop sneak attack and then play something which gives you your opportunity to untap and then go to your end step and then that you know have your entire end step to respond um is gonna is still good is still yeah, better than nothing certainly i guess and not having that like you know sneak in Grizzlebrand, draw 14 sneak in Emrakul, cool you lose thing that happens oh yeah because they won't be able to pull that off so
0: so um other things in in the uh realm of of uh legacy i guess um was a couple weeks ago uh scg uh worcester happened
1: and yeah um was a it was a big scg event there I, I looked it up there was somewhere between i forget the exact number but it was it was close to 800 people um Man. and and philly was that big and they, they continue to get these big numbers for these legacy events um i hope that at some point they decide to do maybe a couple more per year
0: yeah that would be nice Big shout-outs to um, Lee Zhu uh, for what did he top sixteen
1: that? I think he got seventeenth place top on breakers, but he was yeah. in the top sixteen. Yes, yeah, so our good friend Lee playing uh, old fashioned rug delver, traditional rug delver. Um, um, and uh, I think he said he didn't play against miracles, Eldrazi, or DNT in the entire tournament. So, uh, you know, he got to he got to like play a throwback tournament. Yeah. with with a. Deck that was really good back in the day.
0: Called out to the to the matchup gods, I guess.
1: Yeah. You say um, that,
0: but like Lee Lee is a really excellent uh, rug Delver player. So you know, it, part of the part of the thing about Legacy is certainly knowing your deck. Another part of it is getting those getting those good matchups and then acting on them when you get them.
1: Yeah, he wasn't the only rug Delver player in the top sixteen. I think Gerard Fabiano. This might have been. Uh, Gerard Fabiano's first event back from suspension um, he had a build with no Geese and I think he had two Grim Lava Mancers and two True Names, two true names Yep, uh, to fill out the creature suite you know what's um, a crazy so, thing that
0: I saw in his
1: uh, sideboard was he's playing one Jace yeah I remember seeing that a while ago I hadn't seen it in a long time the idea that you're going to just slam Jace at some point <laughs> in, in, your, uh, in your rug deck but um, yeah, it looked like... And there was another deck that was... That, another Delver deck playing Tarmogoyf. Uh, it was a four-color deck. I mean, there's your warping for Abrupt Decay. Yeah, of course. Um, but, uh, so it was, it was interesting to see that deck, you know, uh, um, pull some results. And, of course, Grixis Delver with Stifle took down the whole thing. So as much as we were talking about, you know, the, the success of this deck waxing and waning with how good Stifle is... Here you've got 12, uh, 12 stifles in the top 17, so yeah, pretty good showing. Um, what else did you think was notable coming out of Wooster?
0: Um, you know goblins at th- at third place was pretty interesting. the yeah Rebel the, Master uh, Settler deck, yeah, the goblin like, yeah you know it was it was like a, the, the you know, the blood moon style deck with chalices, um, you know being able to put down a turn one. Blood Moon with Simeon Spear, Guide Chalice, and uh, um, uh, Chromox.
1: And... Yeah, it wasn't wasn't the only deck uh, with that uh, configuration of Blood Moon plus Chalice, because uh, uh, Jeff Jeff Hoogland uh, top aided with Mono Red Sneak Attack um, as well, and uh, he just goes to show you that how good those cards are, yeah. and you know, getting them both in the same deck if you can. You know, you can roll some dice pretty well. Get some good openers. Get some favorable draws. Um, you can you can do very well.
0: It's funny because the Early shell in the tournament the shell is is very much a painter servant deck with just alternate win conditions. You know, you're not playing painter painter servant and
1: uh, uh, what's it called? Uh, grindstone. Grindstone. And you and you can't because grindstone is a one mana spell, so you can't exactly. actually get the chalice. Yeah. Um, Goblin Mulder also makes appearance in that deck.
0: Yeah. I was playing something similar before with um uh Splinter Twin. Um using the the chalices and the blood moons to just keep your opponent off of being able to cast spells, and then you just play uh you know Pester Might and uh and Splinter Twin and win that way.
1: Certainly has advantages in that you can uh play Force of Will with uh you know some amount of blue cards. Yeah um and uh still have uh the ability to play blood moon and uh and Chalice. um lands was was huge at yes. this uh at this tournament as well i i just i don't know i feel like lands is always out in numbers in the northeast it was huge at the philadelphia open two in the top 16 uh, it was a big day two deck too. I think it yeah. was the second most popular archetype on day two.
0: You know, uh, um, one of the things I thought was really cool is that someone played uh, Arlen Cord in in their in their deck. Uh, I want to say it was uh, ninth place. Played Arlen Cord in the sideboard, so they were playing the Red Greenlands deck. The flip,
1: uh, the flip werewolf the, walker. The new flip right?
0: werewolf, yeah. The flip planeswalker yeah, werewolf.
1: We, if we had been doing a set review, uh, if we had been doing the podcast when when Shadows Over Innistrad came out, I would have definitely said this card is Legacy playable. Whether or not it finds a home is a question, just because it's too red green. And uh, but it's just such a it is a very strong card for grinding out games. Yeah. And just you know you make a guy bolt you make a guy bolt you. <laughs> you know you can do a lot with that. Yep.
0: Yeah, um, I don't um, know. Uh, I mean, obviously, miracles was was in the top four. Um, mm-hmm. You had poison. You had a couple Delver decks. Reanimator came in eighth. It seems pretty, you know. Aside from the, you know, the um, goblin deck, it's a and the sneak attack deck.
1: It's a pretty standard uh, top eight, though. Yeah, um, we could talk a little bit about the uh, the differences in the uh, in the Grixis Delver decks. Um, just you know, it was it was it was a popular day two deck. Ed D'Amico, who won the event, was playing Stifles and no Germag Anglers in his deck. Um, the Noah Walker build. I think Noah himself might have been uh, a top placer as well. Um, you know, it does play Cabal Therapy instead of Stifle and, and plays Germag Angler. Um, I, I think that. Uh, what you see is just, you know, again, just like some knowing your deck, playing, getting some favorable matchups. You know, how good you feel about Stifle, you might just want to play it. You know, um, but I think that deck is uh, is is pretty strong, and I, I, I know from playing it a couple big tournaments that you can sort of just get on top of people and uh, and really grind them out with what should be more tempo play.
0: Yeah, it seems like a pretty solid deck. There's a lot there's a lot that it can do, and it's got a lot of answers. To just about everything.
1: Yep. Uh, what did you think about the different Miracles builds?
0: Well, I mean, anything well, that
1: stuck out to you?
0: Loss of Miracles is pretty, is pretty classic for him at this point. Um, in that it's, it's using Caracas to kind of get value out of clicks and uh, venters and sort of get out of locks uh, against other. It's a very good Miracles deck against other Miracles decks. Um, it also plays two entreats and two mind sculptors instead of three and one, which I'm seeing a lot of people do.
1: Yeah, I think that uh, I mean that's a good that's a good place to be if you think you're going to be playing against Miracles a lot at the top tables. I believe Star City is giving out buys if you're high on their uh, leaderboard, so he's definitely going to be coming in at a X and O bracket.
0: Yeah, he knows. Um,
1: and Miracles is just very popular. Of course. <laughs> um, I, I i think the card entreat the angels is is still really good there's just so many decks that just have no answer when that when that uh when that resolves
0: yeah the only other decks that um, have answers to, to something like that are decks that play terminus and if you've already yeah. put yourself in a situation where you're good against uh other miracles decks well then entreat the angels just beats almost every other deck there's really not a lot you can do against several 4-4 angels if
1: you don't run a wrath of some kind. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, there was some talk that, you know, Miracles really just can't beat a pernicious deed that's on board, but you never get it on board. That used to be the thing I'd always say, well, at least I have deed. Yeah. Just let it sit there until they play the uh, angels. But
0: And with wear um, and tear and stuff, you know, main... Uh, some of them are playing like one main and then there's two in the board you know they've, they've got ways to get it out and then Fencer too you know just bouncing it back into their hand and then having a three drop on the top of the deck at that point
1: yep um one of the cards or the card that I, I noticed in all three miracles builds that I'd like to get your opinion on is Snapcaster Mage um it's the only creature that appears in all the builds uh, and for in one deck it is the only creature um I mean, how how much how, how much important how important much importance you put on that as sort of the glue of the deck? Just being able to like, in the early game, just recycle plows.
0: Yeah, recycling plows is the is the huge part there. And uh, or, like, get you to terminuses. To, yeah, or being able to block an early creature, and snapping off a you know a, a brainstorm, to just you know just get yourself uh, situated, is pretty huge. Um, I mean, Snapcaster is obviously good. I and mean, We don't have to sing any, any huge praises to the card that we, we know is amazing. But in this deck in particular, being able to have, you know, uh, being able to cut a couple cards here and there, like Lawson's version is only running three sorts of plowshares because he knows he's going to be able to, you know, snap another one off somehow, um, is, is pretty nice. It allows you to have a little bit of uh, a diversity in your build.
1: Yeah, I just uh, I, I think that card is underrated in terms of how important it is. To the Miracles deck, um, you, they just it's it's often a, just a backbreaker, you know. If you if they plow your thing, then snap plow your next thing, and then they have a snapcaster to start putting a little bit of pressure mm-hmm. on you, you know. One of the ways that people say to beat Miracles is just to be aggressive with your life total. And I know I've drawn lots of cards off Sylvan libraries in my day, and still, you know yeah but that but it doesn't matter because everything's just gone <laughs> no matter what i stick
0: yeah miracles so. also has has the benefit of having one of the uh access to two of the best sideboard cards against its hardest matchup which is probably lands um back to basics and blood moon can be played in the deck and to pretty much absolutely no penalty yep and that's
1: that's I, uh... pretty insane <laughs> Uh, I, I had read somewhere, second or third hand, about uh, what, what Joelaset was saying that back to basics is better just because of how important your fetches are. Yeah. Um, at least you get to use them, you know, uh, like under a blood moon, and that just again, I don't, I don't want to pump Dolly's tires too much, but I just feel like that's going to be an important aspect of this card, is making fetches come into play tapped, yeah, um, and then making their back to basics bad against your deck that plays a lot of non basics. Or not as easy to keep in, yeah, certainly. Uh, um. So Eldrazi was a popular day two deck, but didn't make a ton of noise. Uh, I think the only the highest one was in twenty first place. Um, what do you make of that? Just, well, uh,
0: oh, I think that the deck um, is still relatively uh, new, and uh, you know, not aged so much, but it has a lot of young pilots that are trying to figure out the legacy format as a whole as well. Um, so you're going to have a lot of really great results in the first day. And then once you go against people that really know their stuff, um, you know, they've prepared for ultrazi.
1: Yeah, I think it's definitely needs to be respected. I think uh, if, you, if you're getting onto day two and, and you expect that, and you know that that deck's going to be playing, uh, appearing and you know that it's going to, uh, you know, you're prepared to play against it, I think that then you're really as the Eldrazi player sort of looking at your opening hands and sort of just hoping to get there.
0: Yeah, I mean um, I play it so online pretty much exclusively and I'll tell you, um it's all about your mulligans. If you play this if you play it right, you can you can win just based off of your mulligans and if you're you know, I've played against in the last week I've I've been playing online. Uh I got Dredge uh that beat me in the first game and I just put in my four Ley lines and, and mold to victory each time, you know? I, I yeah. went down to two cards one time against a guy, and he, I got that uh, ley line and, and took it down.
1: Yeah, that's sort of the battle of the linear decks there. Um, I, uh, I, I used to really not like Eldrazi format when it first came out just because I felt like every time I played against it, they just had the Reality Smasher just before I could do anything about it and it's just such a brutal beater but uh, I'm kind of liking you know, the attention that it brings to the format It's like Burn, it just keeps people honest Yep You know um, Anything Can't... else notable? I've got a couple ideas but I figured I'd give you uh, a chance to anything um, else you wanted to bring up
0: Nothing else that I saw at the top of my head uh, you know, there was one Maverick deck I know, I know that's the thing you're into
1: yeah, I'm looking forward to it, uh, maybe making a comeback. Um, I always like to see those night decks. Um, you know, I was just saying, we could talk a little bit about Infect, uh, just under the radar, but is is putting up big results, Yeah, and it's not been, just uh, Tom Ross.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's been pretty solid, uh, I guess. The last, like, four months, it's been a pretty solid contender for, like, a Tier 1 deck, and it wasn't necessarily a Tier 1 deck for a very long time.
1: Well, it won the Grand Prix. That, that yeah, helps. that helps. I guess helps. that helps put it yeah. in people's mind. Yeah, um, it's such an interesting deck. There's so many interesting one Uh but you have to you have to play around them because you you want to play the odds. But if you're wrong, like one misstep in that matchup, and you're just done. Yep. <laughs> There's no coming back. Um, maybe we'll get to a point where people are sideboarding leeches, but. Uh, probably not.
0: <laughs> I think the most interesting um, one of in the deck is probably piracy charm. Yeah. Piracy charm yeah. is just like a cool like target creature gains planeswalk, target creature gets plus two negative one, or a uh, target player draw uh, uh, discards a card. So it's kind of like funeral charm mixed with weakness, mixed with giving a creature island walk for a turn. And the Island Walk is actually pretty well, clutch, because that's what's going to get you through a lot of attacks where your opponent's like, well, I've got a dude to block, it's fine.
1: Yeah, I've got a True Name Nemesis or something, yeah. I've got a True Name Nemesis and a Force for your Berserk. So, yeah. um, uh, definitely, I, and you know you know people have to read that card every time. Oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's a it's a pretty interesting uh, card, and I think it uh, it has a really cool niche in this deck as far as being able to be like, well oh, you have one card in your hand, it's probably a counterspell, I'll make you discard it, or I'll pump my dude after I've used Pendlehaven on it, um, or just, you know, my guy's unblockable, you're dead.
1: Yeah, and we're being able to just, like, nerf something that's in the way, that's a, that's a one toughness creature. Getting removal in those colors is not uh, really a guarantee. Yeah. Um. I mean, the last thing I think we should, we would say about the open is sort of a state of the meta is just to talk a little bit about Shardless Bug. Uh, it's sort of the deck of choice for combating miracles. It had a big day two penetration, a decent top 32. Um, I just... Uh, you know, it's, it's it's such a pile of good cards. There's almost so little... There's like very little to say about it, almost. Like, yeah, those good cards, they hit them off... Uh, they cascade into them, or... They drew them. <laughs> yeah. So... Um should we talk a little bit about vintage?
0: Yeah, yeah. I'm actually gonna go to a vintage tournament this weekend, a one K uh down in Haddon Township or Haddon Heights or Haddon Field. One of those three. It's South Jersey, so there's three of those towns that are all Haddon. Um but we yeah. had yeah, the top deck games and uh it's gonna be it's gonna be pretty fun. I'm going with uh the Long Island City crew. Um I'm gonna play Steel City Volt, which is pretty much my uh only vintage deck. Uh basically just trying to time walk it for all the turns. Um, I think the big thing yeah. to, that I'm likely to go up against there uh, is uh, Shops decks. Shops decks have also sort of become Eldrazi decks at the same time, so that's a big uh, sort of meta concern that's constant now in, uh, in Vintage.
1: Yeah, I haven't seen a ton of the matchups between the Eldrazi decks and your deck, which is sort of a big blue deck, I wish we could. You maybe want to post the list in the show notes. I know it's a vintage deck. So there's so many one ofs and stuff. I oh, yeah. don't want to go through it, but uh, like, I, I wonder how that matchup goes. I mean, those Eldrazi—it's been Eldrazi or shops or various forms of denial decks versus the Gush decks now for a, a couple, uh, a couple months, yeah. and uh, your deck is just going even bigger than that. Wonder if it's time for to see these big blue decks make a comeback.
0: They're just so much fun deck, to watch. <laughs> the lucky thing about my deck is is um, a lot of the taxing effects um, don't hit me as consistently because of uh, things like Thoughtcast and uh, Affinity being a thing for me. Um, and then, uh, you know, sometimes I can just win before they even get to take their first turn.
1: Yeah, uh, I watched Paul Ritzel play a blue-red Welder deck in the Vintage Super League, and that thing gets out of control so fast. It's it's so much fun to watch. I really I really love watching those decks go to work. So I hope you do well.
0: Yeah, there's a few things <laughs> more fun than than using a Goblin Welder to get rid of your Mox Opal, playing another Mox Opal, and getting back uh, a Memory Jar. Yeah. <laughs> yep. You're just like, oh, I'll draw seven. I actually beat a guy at a at a tournament just recently. Uh, he had killed every single one of my win conditions. But I, I had a Golem welder out and uh, the jar, and I just kept welding my jar back, back into play, and eventually he drew out of cards. <laughs>
1: that's, that's only in vintage, man. Yeah, only in vintage. Um, yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, I, I've never played vintage, honestly. I just, I've loved watching it ever since it came to Magic Online, and there's just been more streams of it. Um, you know, it's been, really, it's been a really fun format to watch or it's a, it's a really fun format, which trust, if you're into Legacy and you just, you know, know most of the cards, but, you know, you get to add power and some other cards to it. So I'm looking forward. I'm hoping to get into it online uh, when, I get, when I get Magic Online going yeah. soon.
0: I think my favorite thing to do in Vintage is just to tinker into something that your opponent just had no idea that wasn't even in your deck.
1: Yeah. Or, like, you know... Even if they like could conceivably think of it, you know, it's still like still beats them. Yeah, it's the
0: exact thing enough.
1: that they can't deal with.
0: Like in my case, a lot of times it's Inkwell Leviathan. Yeah, they're like, I have a Jace uh, on board. I got him. I cast him on turn one, and I'm like, oh cool. well I'll just you know play a dark, uh, Black Lotus into a Mox, and I'll sack the Lotus and the Mox, and put this Inkwell Leviathan into play. Go, and there's just <laughs> nothing that can be done in the next couple of turns.
1: Not a lot of diabolic edicts. Oh, in yeah. vintage, No, no. Well, I'm interested I'm interested to hear what else there is played at this tournament. Um you know, uh we we just we I feel like we know a lot of people who play shops. So, oh, <laughs> we yeah. just sort of feel like most people play shops.
0: Yeah, um, um yeah, shops is huge. Uh Delvers making sort of a comeback as as uh the you know, the tempo deck that also plays, you know, five strip mines basically. Um you know,
1: and the fact that you can play Treasure Cruise is a thing Yep. Um, I think the next time I'm going to play uh, one of the relevant formats is I'm on vacation right now and when I get back to Utah I'm going to get to play uh, Legacy on Tuesday and I'm hoping to make a modern uh, PPTQ on Saturday Sweet. just to sort of check it out um, hopefully I have a modern deck <laughs> I'm not sure if I own a modern deck that is worth showing up to a tournament with I have piece. I have modern legal cards, but um, I'm looking forward. I'm going to try and play some uh, Eldritch Moon cards.
0: You should try uh, and put together a, a blue-white or an Esper Spirits deck with the new cards that are coming into the format.
1: Yeah, that would be that would be right in my wheelhouse, as I'm a big fan of casting Lingering Souls.
0: Lingering but... Souls, Geist of Saint Draft, that new. Uh, Flyer, rattle chains that like gives all of your spirits flash. Could you imagine flashing in a a St. draft?
1: Yeah, flash in a Geist. They attack with everything. You're like, whatever. Rattle, put the block and then uh, with the, you know, before damage, flash in the Geist. So you still chump it and then just attack back for six. Yeah, it seems insane. Yeah. Um, I'm probably going to play the uh, red card, the the Bedlam Reveler. Yeah. Um, Oh, yeah. In some sort of in some sort of blue red deck, um, I was actually uh, I was going through my cards the other day trying to organize. Uh, I hadn't really changed anything since I moved, and I found the uh, Grixis thing in the ice deck I had built for Legacy. And then I remembered that Reveler has synergy with Thing in the Ice, and that it's a horror. He is a horror. Um, and I was like, and the best. And then the interesting thing about playing this kind of deck in Modern is that you don't have Force of Will, so you don't feel the need to hit a blue count and your cantrips are so bad that it feels okay to play thought scour. Yeah. So thought scouring with this card in the deck is pretty good. Yeah. It's like a little um, dark ritual to probably, that kind of play. Yeah. Um, so I'm hoping to, to, uh, show up with some spicy new cards and, uh, and see where it goes. Um, the last, uh, before I left, I did, I did play legacy again. We did fire, a, a nine player, uh, legacy nice. tournament in Utah. And, uh, yeah, I just I'm just I'm just continue to be impressed by uh, people making efforts to get into the tournament, playing Eternal Masters cards. So the funny thing was that I, uh, um, at the the pre the last time I played, there was no miracles players, and only one combo player out of nine. So I said, "Oh, this would be perfect. I'm gonna play Nick Fit," because so I just love playing Nick Fit when I get a chance. So I built my Nick Fit deck, showed up, and there was a guy. And I the, the first thing I saw when I walked in is people. Pra- playing a practice match, Miracles versus Storm, <laughs> and then uh, my first round match was against Elves. So I did get to nine for one M uh, with a deed in game one, but then like in game two, he just kept natural ordering for Progenitus, and I just couldn't do anything about it. You
0: couldn't just um, spend ten mana to get rid of that Progenitus.
1: Yeah, I couldn't get and get my deed, and then ten mana online, <laughs> um, or draw Liliana, which would have been nice, but. uh but it was fun. It was fun to play the deck again and, uh, you know, just uh, think about ways to beat those decks. What else did I play against? Oh, I played against Grixis Delver, and that was just, like, like a non-match. <laughs> it was just, like... But I did I did get to resolve a Moran of Clan Neltoth. Do you know what that does? What? No idea. <laughs> so it's a two black and a green. It's a, it's a legendary creature from the last commander set. Oh, okay. So it's a three... She's a three-four... She is a. She looks like a Deathrite Shaman, except she's a human instead of a uh, elf. But she's got like a hovering skull and everything. So basically, the deal with Maren is that whenever a creature you control dies, you get an experience counter. That was the commander. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the commander um, sort of escalation mechanic. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of your turn, you ch- choose a creature card in your graveyard, and if that creature card's uh, converted mana cost is less than or equal to the number of experience counters you have you can return it to play otherwise you just put it into your hand so basically how the thing works is if you have a creature in your graveyard you you play it you pass well you stick it and you pass unless they have a way to stop it you just draw a creature card you just regrow a creature
0: every turn oh my
1: so god so I, I drop this thing on the table and it's got like a, this huge wall of tiny text the guy picks up and reads it he's like okay I see it You go move to end step says okay. I was like, target veteran explorer. He says, sure. And I'm like, alright, pick it up and put it in my hand. He goes, wait, 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 wait. Reads it again. It's like oh, oh I guess I, I guess you just draw it. Okay. Uh, and then uh, next turn I all therapied and then uh, got my veteran explorer.
0: Free
1: veteran explorers for the rest of the game. we yeah, have free veterans for the rest of the game, so um, that was that was fun. Uh, I felt I didn't feel I felt kinda of bad just because uh, it's such a, it's kind of a lopsided matchup as long as I don't draw terribly. Yeah. Um, and I've been on both, having been on both sides of it, I feel very comfortable saying that. Just like, there's so little you can do. Like they just gain life and block your guys, deed away your stuff. So um, that was fun though. I'm looking forward to uh, being able to bring some, some spice to the weeklies. Awesome.
0: Yeah. So I think uh, that's that's pretty much it for this week. Like I said, it was a pretty slow week altogether for vintage, uh, for vintage for eternal. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, that's that's sort of where where we're at this week.
1: Well I can't wait for next time. I wanna I can't wait to get how you do this vintage tournament. You gotta take notes. You oh, I, take I, a I notes Remember on. you gotta you got a podcast to feed. <laughs> <laughs> and if I play this modern PPTQ we should have a couple of good tournament reports. Sounds great. Alright, right.
0: well uh, thanks for listening everybody and Nate, I uh, we'll catch you next week.
1: Thanks, Zach. Have a good one.
0: He come on down.
1: Come on the next That down and try and win,
0: sign money